Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. We praise God for the privilege that we have uh, to study together this wonderful, amazing prophetic book of Daniel. We are blessed to be able to read the scripture and trust that the Lord will help us to understand this wonderful book of Daniel. If you have your Bible with you, I would like you to turn with me to Daniel chapter Two And uh, in this ministry meeting, we will be reading Daniel chapter 2, verses 17 to 35. And so I'm reading Daniel chapter 2, verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies, of the God of heaven concerning this secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God for ever and ever, for wisdom and might are His, and He changes the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him? I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, which has given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went in unto Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon, bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captivities of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen, and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered, 
in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has dreamed can not the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets and make known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secret maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sake that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightst know the thoughts of thine heart. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image, this great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arm of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and brake them in pieces. Then was the iron and clay, the brass and silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And a wind carried them away, that no place was found for them, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. With this, dear brothers and sisters, up till verse 35, verses 17 to 35, is where we read for this ministry meeting, and really, and the topic for these verses is really the prayer of Daniel and God's revelation of the dream. To remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, that Daniel chapter 2 is divided itself into three sections. Verses 1 to 16, we have the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar. Verses 17 to 35, we have the prayer of Daniel and God's revelation of the dream. And then at the end of the chapter, the third section of Daniel chapter 2, from verses 36 to 49, we have the interpretation of the dream of the image which Nebuchadnezzar have dreamt. Well, we have covered, beloved brothers and sisters, already the first 16 verses of chapter 2. And we have learned that Nebuchadnezzar have dreamt a dream. 
he had actually have dreamed much more than one dream, according to verse 1, that he dreamed dreams in plural. But there was one dream that really troubled him, and he wanted so badly to know what is the meaning of that dream. So he called, if you remember, all the wise men of Babylon. He gathered them together, the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans, and he demanded from these wise men of Babylon to tell him the dream and its interpretation. Well, of course, they do not know dreams. And when they hear of a dream, they make up an interpretation because they were engravers, enchanters, using witchcraft. They were simply men who were wise, really, in their own sight. The wisdom from above is coming from heaven, from God. And so, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, they wanted from the king Nebuchadnezzar to tell them the dream, and so they will make up an interpretation for the dream. But the king said to them, The command is gone out from me, and I want you to tell me not now only the interpretation, I want you to tell me the dream. And so if you remember, beloved brothers and sisters, the Chaldeans said to him at the end, in verse 18 and on, they said to him, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. They even said in verse 11, Except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. The only one who knows is that gods. And the word they use the word in the Aramaic, the word Allahin in Hebrew is Elohim, which is gods in plural. And so they believe in all sort of gods. And they said to Nebuchadnezzar, there is no man that can tell the dream. We need to know the dream first in order to give it an interpretation. And the only one who would know it is these gods. And of course, they didn't make a reference to the true and living God, but they believed in all sort of gods. And so, if you remember, the king was so offended, and he said to them, If you will not tell me the dream, ye shall be cut off in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. Verse 5 of chapter 2. And so they sought all the wise men to, in order to kill them. And if you remember, they even sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Because by that time, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah became part of these wise men of Babylon because they were now became eunuchs in the king's palace and they were also sought after to be killed. And if you remember, beloved brothers and sisters, Daniel went to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, in verse 14. He told him, he asked the question, why it, the matter is so hasty to kill everyone? And Arioch told him the the issue, and then Daniel went and desired the king to give him time in order that he will come back to the king and give him the dream and the interpretation. And that is where we are in this ministry meeting, beloved brothers and sisters. We are right now in chapter 2, verses 
17 to 35, and here we see what Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, what they have done, they have turned to the Lord in prayer. And beloved brothers and sisters, a dear friend, from verses 17 to verse 23, we have the prayer of Daniel and his Hebrew fellow servants, and together they went before the Lord to take the time to pray. How wonderful it is to be able to come together with those that of like-minded, those that believe in the true and living God, to be able to come together to pray as one, to gather together and to cry before the Lord in a time of prayer. That reminds us, doesn't it? As we read here in Daniel chapter 2, verse 17, Daniel went into his house. He made a thing known unto Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. And notice that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. That Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. This is verses 17 and 18. Let's remind us uh, uh, in later on in the history, in the early history of the church, when the early Hebrew believers in the city of Jerusalem, they came before the Lord collectively in prayer. In Acts chapter 4, we read in verse 23, that being let go, they went to their own company, and they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord. How beautiful it is when God's people have the same mind. When God's people have liberty to pray together. How wonderful it is. You remember what the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, He said, how many times He said, where two or three are gathered together unto my name, there am I in the midst of them in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20, and a gathering together in the context of Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20 is in relationship to any challenges that happen among God's people. He is specifically is instructing the early believers to gather together to spend some time in prayer when they have issues and problems that may rise up. So, beloved uh, brothers and sisters and dear friends, uh, this is so important to understand uh, how the Lord desired to see His people turning to Him in prayer. And so here we are in Daniel chapter 2, and we see that this is a practice that was practiced in the history of Israel and also in the history of the church, the assembly, beginning in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and ultimately to the uttermost part of the earth where the believers in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, gathered together to pray. What a wonderful privilege it is to have this practice done among God's people. And you notice this, these four Hebrew boys, even though they were away from home, away from Yerushalayim, away from the temple, away from the people, away from the place, you might say, of safety and protection, they were out there in Babylon. 
they still believe in the true and living God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of heaven. They believed. And they turned to Him in prayer. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, it is so easy for us to neglect to turn to the Lord in prayer when we are away from a place of protection. When we are away from a place where we have parents and friends and people to uh, strengthen us and encourage us, even when we are in captivity, in the diaspora, we can still turn to God. We can still turn to our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, who desire to hear the prayers of His people. And beloved brothers and sisters, this is what we see here among these four Hebrew boys. And so we read, that he went to his companion, verse 17, and he desired with them that they together will ask for mercies from the God of heaven. Notice this expression. Once again, here we have here that God of heaven. Now, why we have the mention here of the God of heaven? It is not that it is that God is no longer the God of Israel. In fact, later on, Daniel will pray to the God, he said, the God of my fathers. He will mention this here in this chapter, but the expression, the God of heaven, has to do, beloved friend, with the fact that the reason that our people, the Jewish people, were now in Babylon in 605 B.C., later on, of course, 597 B.C. and 586 B.C. when the temple will be destroyed. Why? It is simply because Israel turned away from the Lord. The book of Ezekiel reminds us how the glory of God left the Beit HaMikdash, the temple in the city of Jerusalem. Step by step, God could no longer stay in the temple because Israel departed from him. And the Shekhinah, Shekhinah, the Shekinah glory, left the temple in Jerusalem. We do read in Ezekiel chapter 8, I want to read for you this verse, in Ezekiel chapter 8 and verse 4, that the Lord called uh, Ezekiel, Yechezkel, Ben Adam, son of man, he called him and he said to him in verse 4, Behold, the glory of the, of the God of Israel was there. God was there in the temple in the city of Jerusalem. But as Ezekiel see these visions, we read how slowly but surely God showed to Ezekiel how the glory of the Lord departed, the Shekhinah departed from the temple. Just to read you some verses in uh, the book of Ezekiel, in chapter 9, and verse 3, we read, And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. The next step in verse 4 of chapter 10, Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house, and the house was filled with the cloud. And the court was full of the brightness of the, the Lord's glory. 
Then in chapter 10 and verse 18 we read, Then the glory of the Lord departed from over the threshold, and a house, and stood over the cherubims. Notice, step by step, the glory of the Lord departing from the house of the Lord, the house of God in Jerusalem. In chapter 11 of the book of Ezekiel, verse 22 and 23, we read, Then did the cherubim lift up their wings, and the wheels beside them, and the glory of the God of Israel was over them above, and the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city. This is Yerushalayim. And stood upon the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. This is Mount of Olives, Harazetim. In other words, slowly but surely the Shekinah, the Shekinah, departed from the temple in Jerusalem. And why? All the eight chapter of the book of Ezekiel gives us the reason why the Shekinah glory, the glory of the Lord departed from the temple and from the city of Yerushalayim. We read in Ezekiel chapter 8 and verse 6, we read, Son of man, in the middle of the verse, seest thou what they do? Even a great abomination that the house of Israel committeth here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary? But turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abomination. Notice what we read in verse 7, 8, and 9, and 10. And he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in a wall. Then said he unto me, Son of man, dig now in a wall, and when I have digged in a wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in, and behold, the wicked abomination that they do here. So I went in, and I saw, and behold, every form of creeping things and abominable beasts, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. Beloved brothers and sisters, God was grieved because Israel turned from Him. He is grieved whenever you and I individually turn away from Him. He is grieved whenever His assembly, His church, His congregation turn away from Him. The Lord Jesus, the Messiah, wants to be the center of His gathered people. The God of Israel wanted to be the center of His people, the nation of Israel. And so that grieved the heart of God. Notice what we read in verse 12 of Ezekiel chapter 8. Then said He unto me, Son of man, in Hebrew, Ben Adam, Hast thou seen what the ancient of the house of Israel do in the dark? The ancient is the ziknei, the elders of the house of Israel. Ziknei Beit Yisrael. Look what the elders of the household of Israel do. Every man in his chambers of his imagery. For they say, The Lord seeth us not. The Lord has forsaken the earth. 
He said unto me, Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abomination that they do. And he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was towards the north. And behold, there sat a woman weeping for Tammuz. Imagine! The women of Israel were weeping to this idol Tammuz. It is amazing. The greater and greater and greater abomination. Well, God, the glory of God of Israel gone up and left the temple in Yerushalayim. And no wonder now we read in the book of Daniel in chapter 2 that Daniel, Hananiah, and Mishael and Azariah turned to the God of heaven. It's not that he is no longer the God of Israel. We will see it very clearly in this book of Daniel. But he left the temple and he went back to heaven. And so they turned to the God who is now in heaven. And they prayed. And they asked him for mercies. In verse 18 of Daniel chapter 2. Notice that concerning the secret you see, that dream that Nebuchadnezzar have dreamt is called more than once here a secret. A secret here in this text. That a secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the men of Babylon. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, listen to how beautiful it is that God is answering their prayer. That expression, the God of heaven, is mentioned in many passages in the scripture, including Psalm 136. There in Psalm 136 and verse 26, we do read, O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. This is when the children of Israel were crying unto the God of Israel, the God of heaven, because his mercies endureth forever. And so as we continue here in Daniel chapter 2 in verses 20, 21 and 22, Daniel, notice what he attribute, that the fact that to God he is mentioning the fact that God is sovereign and that God is omnipotence. He is not only all-powerful, but he is also knowing all things. And that's why notice what we read in verse 20. Daniel answered and he said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Daniel now in verses 20 on, ascribe an attribute to the Lord all that which God truly is. Notice how beautiful in verses 21 and verses 22, we read, And he changes the time and the seasons. He removes kings and he setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what 
is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. Notice how beautiful Daniel is attributing to God all that which God is. God is everywhere. God is all-powerful. And God is all-knowing. He is omniscience. He is omnipresent. And He is omnipotent. He is all. God is all-knowing. God is everywhere. And God is all-powerful. He changed the times. He changed the seasons. He removes kings. He's setting up kings. He gives wisdom. He gives knowledge. He gives understanding. He reveals deep secrets. He knows what is in the darkness. He dwelleth in the light. This is the God of heaven. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is a God that the Bible, the Scripture calls Him, God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. You remember the verse that we read, uh, Apostle John, Yohanan, wrote to the early believers, and he said to them, in First uh, John 1 verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declared unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. First John 1 verse 5. So beloved brothers and sisters, how wonderful to see these young men. Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael gathered together in the, in the home, in the house where Daniel was, and they prayed together, lifting up the name of God, praising God and giving him the glory that he deserved. And Daniel said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Wisdom and might are his. And so we read verse 21 and verse 22, that the, the Lord is changing the times and the season, that he removes king and he's setting kings up. And that he gives wisdom unto all the wise and knowledge unto them that know understanding. Everything that you and I receive, everything came from the Lord. Beloved brothers and sisters, to remind you what Yaakov, James, said in his writing when he wrote in the early part of the first century. Remember what James said, every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Wonderful to know that everything came from God. And this is the right attitude for us to have. We always have to bear in mind that everything is from the Lord. He gave everything for his own people and for mankind. And that's why Daniel blessed the name of God forever and ever, because wisdom and might belongs unto him. And so when they pray, Daniel continue, and in verse 23, Daniel gives thanks. And notice in this verse 23, 
that even though they pray to the God of heaven, but that God of heaven is the God of my fathers. Daniel said, and so, wonderful to read in verse 23, I thank thee and pray thee, O thou God of my fathers. In Hebrew it is Elohei Avotai. This expression is mentioned many, many times in Scripture. In Deuteronomy 26 verse 7, Moses used this expression, the God of our fathers. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 17, David used the expression, the God of our fathers. And then Ezra in chapter 7 and verse 27, he used the expression, the God of my father, the God of our fathers, the God of my fathers. Even the apostle Paul, Shaul, he used this in the book of Acts. Notice this as a believer in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. The apostle Shaul Paul used this expression in Acts chapter 24 and verse 14. You remember what he said? He said in verse 14, But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers. Elohei Avotai. This is the God of our fathers, Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, the fathers of the nation of Israel. And Daniel, who came from the fathers, Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, he lifted up his voice to heaven and he used this expression. I pray thee the God of my fathers, Elohei Avotai. You see, it is so precious to think of the fathers of old. When we read in the Hebrew scriptures of the history of the fathers, Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, God have chosen Abram. He is the father of the nation of Israel. And God intended Israel to be a blessing to the world. We read in Genesis chapter 12, In thee and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. But when Israel have turned away from the Lord, they could not be a blessing to the nations of the world. When Israel turned away from the Lord, the Lord had to discipline His own people. That's why Daniel went along to Babylon, along with those who disobeyed the Lord, but he is still the one that was faithful to the Lord. And he called him the God of my fathers. You see, it is very interesting because even Peter himself, when he was speaking in the early days of the church, of the assembly, he was speaking there in the city of Jerusalem to his own brethren. And you notice what Peter, Shimon, Petrus said to them in Acts chapter 3 and verse 13. Peter said these words. He said, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified His Son, Yeshua, Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied Him in the presence of Pilate when He was determined to let Him go. Notice how Peter as well mentioned the God of his fathers. 
in chapter 5 and verse 30, he repeating this. And he said, The God of our fathers raised up Yeshua, Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. It is wonderful to see this expression, the God of our fathers, mentioned by Moshe, Moses, David, David, Ezra, Shaul, Paul, Shimon, Petros, and even Ananias in Acts chapter 22 mentioned the God of our fathers. Wonderful to see. And Daniel in verse 23 gives thanks to the God of his fathers. And he said, Who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desire of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, by now, after the prayer that Daniel prayed from verse 17 to verse 23, there was a response from God, and he, according to verse 23, he has made known unto me now what we, all of us, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what we all of us desired of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. So God revealed unto Daniel and also Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah the dream and its interpretation after they cried unto him for mercy, and God had responded unto them. And so we continue, and in verses 20, 4 to verse 30, now Daniel is going to be before King Nebuchadnezzar and he will testify before the king what the Lord had revealed unto him. And you notice what he says now. First of all, in verse 24, Daniel now is speaking to Arioch. Arioch, to remind you, was the one that was set over he was the captain of the king's guard. He was the one who is responsible now to slay all the wise men of Babylon. And so Daniel come to him in verse 24, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. And he went and he said, thus unto him, destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Notice he is asking for three things. Number one, don't destroy the wise men of Babylon. Number two, bring me before King Nebuchadnezzar. And number three, I will show to the king the interpretation. And obviously, he meant the dream and the interpretation of the dream. And lo and behold, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 25 on, we read that Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste. He was rushing. Why? Because the beginning of the slaying of the wise men of Babylon had begun and he wanted to stop it so quickly he is running and he bringing Daniel before the king in haste. And notice what he says. I have found a man. I have found a man of the captive of Judah that will make known unto 
the king the interpretation. He found a man, and of course that man was Daniel. And Daniel was the one that we read already that God had gifted him, had gifted him with the ability to know dreams and visions. To remind you that we have already read how God had gifted these young men with many, many gifts to be able to even understand all visions and dreams. You remember in chapter 1 and verse 17, we read, For as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. God had gifted these young men. And he gave them the ability to know, to have skill in learning, wisdom, and even more to Daniel, even the ability to understand all visions and all dreams. It's a gift from God. And so Daniel, in humility, coming before the king and desiring that he will stop the killing and the slaying of the wise men of Babylon, so he will show him the dream and the interpretation. This is interesting because it reminds us of another Hebrew boy that was away from the land. His name is Joseph. In chapter 41 of the book of Genesis, we read in verse 9, Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh this time, the king of Egypt. He says, "Do I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wrath with his servants, and he put me inward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed dream. In one night, I and he, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew servant, to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, to which men, according to his dream, he did interpret. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was me he restored unto mine office, and him, this is the chief baker, he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself, and changed his raiment, and came in unto Pharaoh. And you remember, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, you can see it's amazing. It is amazing how God used these young boys. When they were younger, he used them because they were faithful to him. They loved the God of Israel. They loved the God of their fathers, and he used them for his glory. And so in verses 25 on of Daniel chapter 2, we continue, beloved brothers and sisters, and we read in verse 25 that Arioch said, I found a man. Then verse 26 tells us, that the king answered and said to Daniel. So in other words, Arioch brought Daniel 
into the presence of the king Nebuchadnezzar, and Arioch presented him before the king. He said, he will make known unto the king the interpretation. So now in verse 26, the king Nebuchadnezzar asked Daniel, are you able? Notice that, verse 26. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, are thou able to make known unto me the dream? which I have seen, and the interpretation thereof. Notice, beloved brothers and sisters, that the king is interested not only with the interpretation, but he first also want to know the dream itself. And that is interesting because he was so burdened with this one single dream that really troubled him. And that's why, beloved Brothers and sisters, he was so eager to know the dream and he was ready to slay all his wise men just in order that he will find out what they dream and also, of course, the interpretation. And so he's asking Daniel, are you able to show me the dream but also the interpretation? Are you able to do that? And notice Daniel's response. Daniel's response is amazing because he is not taking glory to himself. You see, one might say, well, I'm able now to interpret a dream and therefore I will direct the attention to myself and get glory for myself. How easy it is because of our pride because of our self-will. But Daniel teaching us a lesson, beloved brothers and sisters, that all of us need to learn from him. We all need to learn with the humility of Daniel. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. And the problem that man has, we all have by nature, is the human pride and lack of humility. May the Lord help us with this. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, listen. How beautiful the response of Daniel. We read in verse 27, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded cannot the wise men and astrologers and magicians and soothsayers show unto the king. But, verse 28, there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. So in verses 27 and 28, dear brothers and sisters, Daniel directing the attention of King Nebuchadnezzar to the God of heaven. And you notice once again, the word secret is mentioned. We've already pointed out to this in verse 18, they would desire the mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. What does that mean, this secret? You see, the Aramaic word is Raz 
In Hebrew, the word is sod, secret. What does that mean? You know, throughout this chapter, we have this expression, the secret. In verse 18, this secret. In verse 19, then was the secret revealed unto Daniel. Then in the verse 27, which we read, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has dreamed. Notice in verse 28, there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets. In verse 29, we read once again at the end, He that reveals secrets. In verse 30, once again, But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for my wisdom. Once and again, even at the end of the chapter, verse 47, we read at the middle of the verse, God is a God of God and Lord of King and revealer of secrets. See, thou could reveal this secret. Again, the word here is Raz in the Aramaic. In Hebrew, it is sword. But the secret, it is amazing. The secret, this expression and the word secret has to do with the wisdom and plan of God. You remember what the psalmist said years ago in Psalm 25 and verse 14. And we read there, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. And He will show them His covenant. The secret of the Lord is with them that seek Him. And them that fear Him. You see, Beloved brothers and sisters, these secrets, these we might say are special revelation from the Lord that He desires to show His own people, that they will know His mind, that they will know His plan, that they will know His program. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29, The secret things belongeth unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law, Moshe said to the people of Israel. You see, the secrets of the Lord is really His plan and His program. Today, you and I who are believers in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, we can know the secrets of the Lord as we accept the Lord Jesus the Messiah into our hearts. As we become believers on Him, we realize that we need God in our life. We open the Word of God and we read the Scriptures Pastor Paul, study to show yourself that I prove unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, Paul said to Timothy. And as we study the word of God, and as we pray and ask the Lord for wisdom, He will reveal to us these secrets. As Psalm 25 and verse 14 says, And so here, Daniel, he is telling to King Nebuchadnezzar in verse 27 and 28. There is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. That he reveals secrets. And he make known to the King Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream 
and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. And he's just about to tell him the dream itself. Now you notice, as we mentioned at the beginning of the study of the book of Daniel, that Nebuchadnezzar was chosen by God to be the one that will become the one that the Lord will use him to be the one that will begin, you might say, the first monarch, that Babylon will be the nation that will be the first, the beginning of the times of the Gentiles. And therefore, beloved brothers and sisters, this monarch, this Nebuchadnezzar, was chosen by God that God will reveal to him his program for the times of the Gentiles. And he will be the first of the four empires who will rule during the times of the Gentiles over all the world, but also over the chosen people of Israel. And so here it's the lesson for us to learn here from this passage that God is now, notice that, in verse 28, he made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. This expression, the latter days, it's a Hebrew expression that is called acharit hayamim. Acharit hayamim, it means what will happen in the latter days. You see, in order to have a latter days, the last days, and the reference here, beloved brothers and sisters, is not in, in relationship to the church so much, because the church was not in existence when Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah were in Babylon. The church was born some years later, some 600 years later, even more, 630 or 40 years later, when after the Messiah Yeshua came, and Israel as a nation did not accept the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, His first coming. And the church was born. And to remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, that the church, according to the book of Ephesians, was a mystery that was hid in God and was not known to the children of men. In fact, the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, he says, notice what the Apostle Paul said in verse 3 and 4 of Ephesians chapter 3, that by revelation, he, this is the Lord, made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote a four in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, the mystery of the Mashiach, Listen to verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. In other words, it was never, the church age was never made known unto the sons of men, only now, Shaul Paul said some 2,000 years ago. He continued, and he continued to say in verse 9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, 
who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, Shaul Paul taught the Ephesians concerning the church age which was not revealed to the children of men, was hid in God from the beginning of the creation, but was only made known after the Lord Jesus the Messiah came, was not accepted by the nation of Israel, and introduced the truth of the church, of the assembly that he will build. Matthew chapter 16. But here, beloved brothers and sisters, when Daniel is speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar, and when he said to him that there is a God in heaven that reveals secret and makes known to King Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days, he has a reference to the latter days in relationship to Israel and ultimate Israel's restoration. He is taking us all the way throughout the ages, from the 605 B.C., all the way through the ages, including the age in which we live in today, including the church age, all the way to the tribulation days, the church will be raptured before the tribulation, and there will be a seven-year tribulation period. And at the end of the tribulation, the Mashiach will come. And he will rule and reign in righteousness, and Israel restored, and he will rule and reign over Israel and the whole world for a thousand years. That's what he's speaking about. That expression in the latter days is an expression that is found throughout the Hebrew Scriptures. In Genesis chapter 49, we read, notice that when Jacob gathered his sons, he used the same expression. In Genesis 49 verse 1, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourself together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Be'acharit hayamim. This expression is found here in connection with Israel in the latter days, in the future day, beloved brothers and sisters. And ultimately will be gathered, and ultimately will be restored. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30. And I will read this verse. Chapter 4 and verse 30, When thou art in tribulation, speaking about Israel, and all these things are come upon thee even in the latter days. Again, he speaks about Israel restoration. If thou wilt turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice. And he's speaking about the Lord returning, restoring Israel back to himself. Wonderful truth concerning the latter days. The latter days. So, here, beloved brothers and sisters, we read that Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar that there is a God in heaven who showed him the secrets, and here is now he presents before him what will happen during the time of the Gentile until the latter days. In verse 29, and verse 30, he says, As for thee, O king, thy Thoughts came unto thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secret, make us known to thee what shall come to pass. 
Verse 30. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sake that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightst know the thoughts of thine heart. So Daniel is now sharing with King Nebuchadnezzar what the Lord revealed unto him, and that God purposely, intentionally wanted Nebuchadnezzar to know, because he will be the first monarch that will begin this period of time called the times of the Gentiles. And the Lord wanted him to know, and so he revealed the dream to Daniel, and also the interpretation thereof. And so now in these verses, beloved brothers and sisters, verses 31 to verse 35, Daniel relate the dream that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed to himself, to the king. And so notice what he tell King Nebuchadnezzar. This is very interesting. It's very rich, but I just want us to listen to this portion of Scripture. Verse 31, Daniel relates the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, and he says, Thou, O king, sowest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. King Nebuchadnezzar you saw a great image. Tselem Chad Shagya in the Aramaic. This great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee and the form thereof was terrible. Notice the dream was bright dream, was excellent dream and was a terrible dream that Nebuchadnezzar saw. Daniel revealed to him the dream. As far as we have already mentioned earlier, Nebuchadnezzar knew their dream, but he wanted to hear it from someone else and to know the interpretation thereof. And here Daniel, by the word of the Lord, present before Nebuchadnezzar the very dream, O king, thou sowest, and behold a great image. Daniel described the makeup of the image. What was it made of? And you notice how interesting, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 32, this image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron, and part of clay. In other words, that great image that Nebuchadnezzar saw, no wonder we read that it was bright, uh, whose brightness was excellent, and it was also terrible, it was beyond his comprehension. And so Daniel now tell Nebuchadnezzar the makeup, what material was this image made out of? And you notice we have gold, and silver, and brass, and iron, and clay. We notice that the image had a head, had a breast and arm, had belly and thighs, had legs, and also had feet, part iron and part clay. So you notice 
Uh, beloved brothers and sisters, when Daniel presents the dream and the makeup of the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, he gives him the material that it was made out of gold and silver and brass and iron and clay. In Hebrew, Zahav, gold, Kesef, silver, Nechoshet, brass, Barzel, iron, Cheres, clay. He's going from the head all the way down to the feet. The head and the breast and his arms and the belly and the thighs and the legs and the feet. He's going from the top to the bottom. So you notice it is very interesting because when Daniel presented dream that Nebuchadnezzar have dreamt already and he revealed this to him now by his words, he present the makeup of the image that was made out of gold, silver, brass, iron and clay that it was made out of these material, first the head, then the breast, then the belly and the thigh, then the legs, and then the feet. In other words, from the top to the bottom. From the top to the bottom. From the beginning to the end. And also notice that the material that is made, gold, silver, brass, iron, and clay, were material that the gold was more valuable than the silver. The silver is more valuable than brass. The brass is more valuable than iron. And the iron is more valuable than clay. You see? And it is also interesting that we learn from this because Nebuchadnezzar was the first monarch that will be the one that will be the first emperor, or you would say the first monarch of the four empires that will run through the age or the period that is called the times of the Gentiles, that the Lord Jesus the Messiah mentioned in Luke chapter 21 and verse 24. I will read you this verse because it is very important verse that the Lord Yeshua Jesus the Messiah mentioned to his disciples. He said in Luke chapter 21, verse 23 and 24, But woe unto them that are with child. He's speaking about throughout the ages, the persecution of the people of Israel in the early days before 70 AD, and then in the latter days, in the tribulation period. He said, But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be a great distress in the land, and wrath upon these people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive unto all nations. Notice, and Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, shall be trodden down of the Gentiles. Even though today, beloved brothers and sisters, there are those who live in Jerusalem. I was born in Jerusalem. My father was born in Jerusalem. Our family, many are in Jerusalem. And, and many of our forefathers are in Jerusalem. Yet Jerusalem is still not truly freed from the nations of the world. The Gentiles shall troll down Jerusalem until, and here's that expression, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. In Hebrew, itot ha-goyim, when the Gentiles will be in control over the city of Jerusalem and the Jewish people, when our people will be scattered and they're only going to be regathered and restored to the Lord at the second coming of the Mashiach, at the end of the tribulation period. And so we find out that this whole image represents 
all the time from 605 B.C., or if you wish, from 586 B.C. when the temple was destroyed in Jerusalem until the second coming of the Messiah. And so it's from the top to the bottom, from a more valuable material to a less valuable, and from the superior to the inferior, from the one that has authority more than the one that have less authority, because King Nebuchadnezzar had much more authority as the king of Babylon than any other of the kingdoms that followed him, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. Beloved brothers and sisters, it is amazing. And so notice, just to conclude with these verses, how it will end, notice what he tells us in that dream that Daniel is now presenting before the king Nebuchadnezzar who dreamt that dream. In verse 34 and verse 35, Daniel pointed to a single stone, Evan in Hebrew, Evan which is a representation of the Mashiach, the stone which the builders rejected. Notice what we read in verse 34 of Daniel chapter 2. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, that were the iron and clay, and break them in pieces. He continued in verse 35, and Daniel says, Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together, and became like a chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found in them. And listen to this, beloved brothers and sisters, verse 35b, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now, when you read of such a dream, a dream of an image that was, as we read here, it was terrible. It was bright dream bright image that overwhelmed the king. No wonder he wanted to know the dream and its interpretation. And so Daniel described the dream before Nebuchadnezzar. And he showed him that the dream, the head is gold, the breast is silver, his belly and thighs are brass, his legs is iron, and his feet partly iron and partly clay. And that image stood and you notice that when the stone was cut out without hands, verse 34, namely that it was in a supernatural way, that stone was cut out without hand, that stone fell not upon the head, but upon his feet. That was made out of iron and clay. And he broke them to pieces, the feet, but when the feet is broken, According to verse 35, then was also the iron and the clay and the brass and the silver and the gold, all the image, broken to pieces together and became like chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found anymore for this head and breast 
and arms and belly and thighs and legs. Why? Because that stone completely removed that whole image from its toes all the way to its head. But notice what happened to the stone according to verse 35 at the end. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain that filled the whole earth. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, it is amazing. It is amazing to learn of that wonderful passage. The prayer of Daniel and his friends to know the dream and God's revelation of the dream, Daniel 2, verses 17 to 35. Wonderful passage. Lord willing, in our next message, verses 36 to 49, Daniel gave the interpretation of the dream to King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, my dear friends, God bless you until the next time. I'm saying to you, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching, on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.